That's what we call a sack lunch. Nom, 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 nom. Good morning, Sack City. Welcome in to another edition of the Sack City Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by my best friend in the whole entire world. He is Aaron, the Mukesiah Muke. It is a beautiful October 12th morning here in the city. Episode 97 is about to get underway with another great power rankings from the Mukesiah himself, Aaron Mukes. There is a lot, a lot of movement featured in today's power rankings you are not going to want to miss a second of it aaron i want to give you a special thank you uh to you and aj for holding it down yesterday as i may or may not have overslept the show uh that happened but you guys held it down it was a great show uh, i appreciate you guys doing the thing and uh holding it down how goes it today it's good, man. You know the show goes on. It doesn't matter what's going on. If I had to do it solo, I'd have done it solo. If I had to bring on, you know, intern Tyler or Bailey or whoever, we would we would have made something happen. So um it, it was it was not that I don't want those guys on here. But you know, I has I had to listen to AJ spew out a bunch of fantasy nonsense uh all show. But you know what? AJ did a good job and uh we, we, we had a good time. So it was uh, it was fun. And uh, we're back to uh, regular scheduled programming today. And then tomorrow, AJ will be back with us for our, our pre-show or our pre-week six shows. And um, it's good. But today, today is about the power rankings. And I'm going to shock some people today. I have some good things to say about some teams that's probably not expected. It's not a good start with my internet, that's for sure. But um, yeah, and I got some bad things to say about some teams that I've been high on. So stay tuned. This is one of my favorite power rankings that you've ever done. I oh, will gosh. say that this is one, and you may, and that may scare you because that that may mean some bad things. Uh, but I loved a lot of the moves that you did on this uh, this week's power rankings, and I feel like you're going to hear a lot of me just agreeing with you and uh, talking about how much I love certain teams that have moved up. Uh, but it's a loaded show. We've got power rankings. Let's kick things off though with a little morning headline. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Week five has come and gone, but not without some controversy. The NFL plans to assess the roughing the passer rule after we saw not one, but two roughing the passers this past weekend uh, featuring Tom Brady. And uh, I believe it was what it was. Who, who played on Monday night? It was Patrick Chris uh, Jones, Chris Jones on Derek Carr. Uh, the two roughing the passers that were huge. Um, that came about, and now the NFL plans to discuss the roughing the passer rule, and hopefully we get some clarity on what it actually is before week six's games, and there's a note that's sent out to the officials. Uh, that's what we should be expecting uh, before week six officially kicks off on Thursday, uh, but they're going to be discussing that rule, and um, I mean, the, what happened on Monday's game was just unlike... Wait, wait, wait. You think something's going to change before week six? I think that there's going to be a note that's sent out to the officials before week six, similar to what happened with the Tua thing. There's a note sent out to up the. To, but to that's not what happened. That's measures. not what happened. That's not what happened. You have to remember, in order for them to assess a rule, the rule has to be changed by both the NFLPA and the NFL. So they have to have an agreement in place. That's what happened with Tua. It wasn't like the NFL just said, "You know what? We're worried about these concussions." Uh, do this now. No, that's not what that's not what happens. They have to actually go through a process 
I don't think the rule gets changed anytime this season. I think well, I, maybe I think maybe you see them talk about okay, what do we want to do this off season in assessing this rule or, or changing this rule? Uh, they, how it's so you're realized? saying they can't they can't talk about they can't say okay, hey, like official like some send a memo to the officials and say hey, like this is like this is what it's supposed to be like. Don't there's no uh, no I, they I don't can know, clarify I, I the like, rule so they can yeah, clarify the rule. They can say hey, this is the intent of the rule. Um, but when you talk about body weight falling on a quarterback, like in the Chris Jones instance, that's a judgment call. The, the referee followed the rule because he said it looked like Chris weight or Chris Jones put his weight on the quarterback. And so I understand why they called it. it, it that's not really what we're complaining about. I think what we're complaining about is the rule itself. And yeah, yeah now the Grady Jarrett one was just egregious. The Grady Jarrett one has, I don't know what you're supposed to do in that situation. I think you assess you tell the referees like, hey, wh what did you see an unnecessary force there when you said unnecessary force to the ground? Um, and maybe we can clean that up a little bit. But at the end of the day, you're still start talking about a judgment call that has to be made in real time. And yeah. these referees are still going to have that power. So, so I don't know that anything changes. I think What's the solution, though? What, what do you think the solution is to all this? The solution is the offseason. The solution is changing the rule um, to either one um, – Eliminate some of the language that's talking about force to the ground, falling on the quarterback, um, unnecessary contact, because those are all subjective things, right? Um, or you just make it reviewable. And I know we tried this with pass interference, but pass interference was very unclear about how they wanted to review it. Um, I think this is clear. You only can review if roughing the passer is called to determine if it meets the roughing the passer penalty. And I think that is something that the NFL should look at. And yes, I get it. The games are already long and there's commercial breaks and TV timeouts and three hour games. And guess what? Nobody cares if you get it right. Nobody yeah. cares if you get it right. People will watch. Nobody wants to see games lost because a guy tackled the quarterback to the ground. Yeah on well, third down and they didn't get a chance to win the game. Well, that's it. That's exactly what happened in this, in this game. I mean, this was a, in the chiefs game. At least there was, it was a turning point in the game. Like that, like obviously the chiefs still won, but like that's a turnover. That's a turnover that happened. That was not a turnover because of that roughing the passer. It should be at least a challenge. Maybe something that, they, that, that can happen uh, that will obviously come uh, in the off season with the changes of that, but it is being discussed uh, this week to assess the roughing the passer rule from the NFL. Uh, in other news, one other note featuring the Kansas City Chiefs here. For the first time in his career, Patrick Mahomes is a home underdog this week against the Buffalo Bills. He has been favored in 41 straight career home games, including the playoffs. It was the longest streak in NFL history since this really the Super Bowl era uh, to begin his to begin a career with such favoritism not favoritism but you know what i mean here 41 straight games of being favoritism. a home favorite now the streak is broken uh when they match up against the buffalo bills on sunday we will take a look at your power rankings coming up in a few moments to discuss where the chiefs and the bills fall this is a huge week in the nfl featuring two big matchups and one of them maybe this accident game of the week you're just gonna have to find out on thursday or friday when we're covering these games which game is our game of the week Patrick Holmes, not favored here, though. Uh, Aaron, is this the right call? Mm. 
I don't think it it's a big deal. Um, I, I think the Buffalo Bills deserve what they're getting and the respect that they they've earned this year. They're a good football team. Uh, normally, when you have two good football teams like this, um, it, you would side with the home team because the Chiefs are right there with the Bills, and, and, and so it is interesting to me that the Bills are favored in this game. Um, Kansas City is a tough place to play, and obviously the Chiefs have, have have had the Bills number, but the Chiefs have had the Bills number kind of in the playoffs. Like it's the regular season, the Bills have been able to play okay against the Chiefs. As a matter of fact, I think they beat them a couple of years ago, right? Um, maybe even last year. I'm not sure, uh, but. So I don't really worry about a game like this. Like, I think this game is going to be marketed as, oh, my God, this is such a big game. Last year's divisional round, it went overtime. And this is whoever wins this game is going to be the favorite. I'm just like, it's a great game. Don't get me wrong. I can't wait to watch this game. But the winner of this game, I'm not looking at these teams differently. Yeah. That's, the, that's the point is because I've seen it before. I've seen yeah. the Bills be good in the regular season against the Chiefs. I've seen them be good in the playoffs against the Chiefs. I told you guys at the beginning of the season, it matters – when they play in the playoffs, who is going to win that game? And that's the only thing that really concerns me when it comes to assessing where these teams stand. Yeah. But as far as entertainment value, oh, I can't, I can't wait. I, I can't wait to watch it. It's going to be fun. Um, if the Bills are favored, the Bills are favored. They might win this game. There's a very good possibility that they do. And it would yeah. not shock me, but it does not mean that I think they are a better team than the Chiefs. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think this is going to be a very big time. I mean, I'm shocked that this isn't the Sunday night game, uh, but the Sunday night game could be huge if Dak Prescott played. Well, no disrespect. Come on, to it's the Dallas Cowboys, bro. It's Dallas Cowboys. No, it's fair. It's fair. But it's also the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. Doesn't matter. Um, there's no there's no game that's drawing more than Dallas Cowboy game. Doesn't matter. This is the, this is why they're on primetime. They can suck. Maybe two and 12. They're never pulling the Dallas Cowboys off of primetime. You can, pro- I can promise you that. That's fine. I don't. That's matter of fact, matter of fact. I don't know. This may have happened once, maybe when they were really, really bad, but I'm not sure. I don't think a Dallas Cowboys game has ever been flexed since they started flex scheduling. And they have been had some seasons where they weren't great, but I don't think they've ever been flexed. Yeah. Well, well, let's get our our fact checkers on that, our research team on that. Tyler, get Um, to work. Yeah, Tyler, there it is. There it is. Tyler Bailey, get to work to check if they've been ever flexed before. Um, that is, though, for our morning headlines. Aaron, let's get – load up your pipes here because there's a lot to talk about in today's injury report. This is a light injury report compared to Monday's. Um <laughs> All right, it's our Wednesday injury report. As you know, many players are not going to practice today because there's veteran rest days. And uh, this is the kind of when they get to recover for the upcoming weekend. But the Browns have designated newly acquired Deion Jones to return from IR. That's great news because he has been on IR for a while. They, they now have 21 days to activate him to the active roster, and then he could continue playing. So he can practice and get ready to kind of ramp things up as he gets ready to play. They have three weeks to do that, and he should be on the field hopefully pretty soon. Uh, Tua Tagovailoa returned to the practice field and is throwing today as part of his progression through his concussion protocol. Um, He will not play on Sunday. It's very unlikely. Uh, I do think that he's still going to be out. Um, I don't know when they're talking about having him come back, but I'm sure it's going to be a few more weeks. The Dolphins are optimistic that Tyreek Hill and his foot injury uh, are going to be okay. He was in a walking boot after the game against the Jets, but they do plan to have him on Sunday for week six. Rashad Penny had his surgery on Tuesday to repair that fibula. And now his recovery time is four to six months, just in time for free agency. So who's going to pay him? Probably nobody. (laughs) Uh, 
just just saying, probably no, but he's a, he's a running back. Um, Broncos designate Justin Simmons and rookie tight end Greg Dulcich. Um, Justin Simmons, big big one there. I don't know about Greg Dulcich. Russell Wilson practiced yesterday with no limitations. Um, obviously, the concern about his shoulder injury is there. Dalton Schultz, Cowboys, talked about that Sunday night game this week. Sprained PCL. Uh, no, no new injuries or, or damages done. Um, he's on track to play, but he was kind of in and out of the lineup last Sunday. So still something to keep an eye on. Carson Wentz is limited. I don't know if that's an injury or his skill set, but um, whatever <laughs> you put in here, that's Carson Wentz. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Baker Mayfield received a second opinion on his ankle sprain. Uh, no major damage, no surgery needed, but he's going to go on IR or not expected to go on IR. Um, but it should be PJ Walker's show for the next couple of weeks. And Damian Harris is likely to miss some time with a hamstring injury. Uh, we talked about that uh, on, on Sunday after that injury happened. And then uh, Monday and Tuesday, Ramondre Stevenson is in line for a heavier workload. Yeah, uh, I apologize for the Carson Wentz note there. It, he was limited in practice yesterday, uh, but I did, it is quite funny with all the news that's circulating around Carson Wentz, Ron Rivera, uh, that I just put Carson Wentz limited as the note. That's it. That's all I wrote. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, no, um, you, you were you weren't actually wrong. Everything um, accurate, very on, limited, accurate on all accounts, whether it was pra- what he actually did in practice or his skill set, all yeah, limited. For sure, for sure. Uh, I want. I want to talk about Carson Wentz in a little bit, uh, either in the power rankings or when we do our Thursday uh, night preview. Talk about oh, yeah? Carson Wentz. Yeah, the Carson Wentz Ron Rivera thing because I, I, I do think there was. The, I, 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 we'll talk. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it when we get into uh, either that game or when we discuss Carson Wentz in this week's power rankings. That's right. It is time for the power rankings of before week six. Uh, we're through five weeks of the season. We're over a little over a quarter of the season done now. Uh, it's time to break it down, Aaron. There's a lot of movers. There's a lot of risers. There's a lot of fallers. This might be your biggest movement. Uh, this this might feature the most movement we've seen in your power rankings yet. Uh, but if you're new to the show, we break down all 32 teams here and where they rank, whether they fall, whether they rise. We start off. 32 through 25, no new change at the 25 spot. The Chicago Bears, <clears throat> excuse me, the Chicago Bears stayed down at 32. No surprise there. They are not very good at football. Uh, then it's the Washington Commanders uh, taking the new spot at 31. This is a new team at 31 here. It's either been uh, the Falcons, it's been the Seahawks, it's been the Texans. Commanders take the 31 spot for the first time. There's some big names here, though. There's some teams that started off very high uh, on our power rankings, including the Indianapolis Colts, who are now at 28 on our list. And I believe the Colts were around that 10 to 20 range uh, to start the season. They're now at 28, falling three spots from their 25 spot last week. Uh, That's where I want to start things. I I know I'm going to jump around here a lot, going from different numbers, but I think the Colts one is the most interesting name here that – that has fallen on your list, Aaron, dropping three spots. What have you seen from the Colts that are, that's just not good? Huh. What haven't I seen from the Colts that hasn't been good? I, I don't even know if that's the right question to ask um, from our, our standpoint here. L- listen, the, the Colts' offensive line play um, has to be talked about. But in, in line with the offensive line play, it's been Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan has taken sacks. He's not getting rid of the football. Um they haven't been able to block up front in the run game, which is limited Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I guess you could say Deion Jackson and Philip Lindsay in the last game. 
uh, it's been a different Colts team than what it was a, a season ago. And, and it doesn't really have anything to do with the talent of the offense. It's uh, Michael Pittman's the same guy. Um, they never had anybody on the other side of Michael Pittman. And you've even had Alec Pierce step up a little bit over the last couple of weeks, at least looking like a football player that you could put on the other side, unlike Paris Campbell. So with, with that, you would expect things to get better, right? A little bit more help on the outside. you got tight ends. Now, Jelani Woods has been a kind of a, a guy that's made some plays. And you obviously have Mo Ali Cox. You have to look directly at that offensive line and then Matt Ryan and wonder if Matt Ryan's washed. Now, I know Frank Wright came out and said, hey, he's our guy. That's going to be the – that's the – I don't know what you want, whatever you want to call it. That's, that's what they're going with. Um, They're going to go with Matt Ryan. They they don't really have an option at this point because they don't have anybody else. So um, I get it, but you have to start questioning whether he's capable of taking this team where he wants to go. And if, if it's not the, quarterback pull out on Frank, right? I do think he's a good coach, but He's he's definitely not making adjustments right now that I feel need to be made. There's something's got to give with that offensive line play and, and then what you're asking Matt Ryan to do. So um, they, they're turning the football over. They they can't block up front. And it's just a recipe. It's a recipe for disaster. They, they're, they're, you know, when you have a negative six turnover differential, you better be able to find ways to do yeah. things. Um, something else, right? I mean, you look at the teams that have winning records that have negative turnover differential. I believe there's only two or three of them. You have the Rams um, and again, Super Bowl champs, but they, they've managed to beat some teams that, that they need to beat, even despite turning the football over. You have the Packers who, which is rare for them turning the football over. And then you have the Miami Dolphins. Outside of that, the rest of the teams with negative turnover differentials are losing teams. It's Panthers. It's the Falcons. It's the Saints. It's the Commanders. It's the... You know, Colts, it's the Lions, it's the Raiders. Like all these teams are losers. When you turn the football over, you lose. And so um, it's not surprising to find them up there uh, the way they've been turning the football over. They they need to get it right and they need to get it right in a hurry. Yeah, this is a team. And honestly, I, to, be complete, to be completely honest with you, I wasn't even planning on talking about the Colts here, but then I, I just remembered where they started at at the beginning of the season. We had the Colts ranked in the top 10. Yeah, you got to get beginning. over that. No, no, no I, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not, no, I'm not saying that in terms of in terms of like the, like I didn't that's mean it towards like, you. I just meant people like even myself. Yeah, like, no, I don't like, even view them when I when I do my power rankings. I don't even the thought doesn't even cross my mind. Like man, this is a team you had in the top ten because it was such a yeah. stupid reason to have them in the top ten when I hadn't seen them play a game with a new quarterback, a new offensive line, and yes, I thought the talent would translate and it didn't, and I was wrong, and and I'm okay with saying that because this is not a top this is not a top twenty football team. Uh, yeah, they so they it's were hard for me to look at them like that. They have been our biggest faller since since day one, since our first power rankings here. They originally started at ten, now obviously uh, right there at twenty eight. I believe it was. I believe you had yeah, right there at twenty eight. Uh, briefly touch on something though here, real quick. I want to keep keep the the fallers trend going, and there's two fallers I want to talk about first with the Washington Commanders. Now we don't need to get into the Washington Commanders that much because they are what what they are. Um, but you have them at 31 now. This is a big drop for them as well. Uh, they they originally started at – let me see here where they started. They were at 25 to start the season, so they, we weren't really high on them. And, again, we can forget about it. Um, but falling two spots, 29 to 31, are they, are they really the second-worst football team in the NFL, or are we just seeing really bad football from them? I mean, they go hand-in-hand. They're really bad, and they're the second-worst football team. Um, you say, and I say that because 
when you can get a coach that'll stand up on a podium and say, what, Hey, what's the reason you're, your difference between you and the rest of the NFC East. And they say the quarterback that you just traded for that you thought going to change your franchise um, is the problem. Then that's a problem. And when your quarterback's a problem, good luck winning in this league. And not to mention that is just the problem he pointed out. I don't think he wanted to throw himself under the bus, but let's be honest, that defense is atrocious and the defense being bad means Ron Rivera is not doing his job because he's a defensive minded coach. So not only was he trying to deflect away from himself, because, again, once again, himself is a defensive guy, and they are not playing well enough. So um, so when you have a quarterback who's not playing well, you can't run the football, and your defense is playing bad, that's a bad football team. That is the Chicago Bears. That is um, arguably the worst team in football. And there are bright spots for most teams in the NFL. Like, I can look and I can say, oh, you know what? That's a bright spot. They could go on a stretch and win some games. They could run. And, and, you know, they might win a few games. Every team above the Washington Commanders, I can see that about. I can't see that with the Washington Commanders. I'm questioning whether they should be 32. And guess what? Perfect. I did this because guess who plays tomorrow night? Bears and the Commanders. And if the Commanders fall, well, they're going to fall. Like I'm telling you right now, you guys know I'm not big on winning and losing and how I do my power ranking by game by game. If the Commanders lose to the Bears, they will be ranked 32 next week. I don't care what else happens in the league. This week, if the Commanders lose to the Bears, they will be number two, 32. And that's, I, I feel like that's rightfully so. And that would be wild to think about. That would be wild to think about that the Commanders would be at the worst team in the. I mean, we didn't think that they'd be good. But we Is didn't it? think they'd be good, but I, I did. I, I will say I didn't think that they would have been 32, but you brought it up and I'm going to get into it now. I said I'd do it earlier on in the show. And I, hate the media sometimes and I, hate, I am the media I, yeah well yeah but i like i said i hate the media sometimes and in this instance i do not like it i am not a fan of this carson like this ron rivera hate that he's getting for what he said about carson wentz because if you look at the context of the like the original question that was asked like it's funny how everyone spins this narrative uh, to, to fit this, like, oh, my God, he's shitting on Carson Wentz. Did you hear the original question that was asked to him yeah. that made him say Carson Wentz? Yes, and this is – that's not new. It's not new. That's what media does. But but I know, I know, but this is – but uh, but us, as the way we are on our show, I don't want to be I, – I, I don't want us to be that, that uh, okay, we're just going to single out what he said, oh, like the, the negative that he said, but not really talk about the whole story here. Yeah. Oh, you mean context. Yes, Ron Rivera was actually asked what the difference is, like what he sees from the rest of the NFC East like and why everyone else has been so good. And he said the quarterback position. It wasn't really a shot at Carson Wentz. It was it was talking it's ex- about... It, 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 it is a shot at Carson Wentz, Vinny. It, it is it a shot at Carson Wentz. It's his, just not, his, it's not directly him saying... Carson that is a direct shot at Carson Wentz when I ask you what's the difference between but between this guy or what's the difference between these guys well the quarterbacks yeah they're playing better did you hear the 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 follow-up question to that I heard the entire answer but it does yes he he came back and he said Carson Wentz has been doing some good things and he yes I I get all that it's like that's not the point that's not the point that so this is what we have to be careful of I agree with you I don't like when there's no context to things if you just 
heard the soundbite of what's the difference between the teams in the NFC East and your and your guys right now, the quarterback, and you end it there. It's just a shit pumping of of Carson Wentz. However, if you take that entire press conference and the, all those questions and you put it into context, he is still talking about his quarterback not being up to the level that he needs to be at. And that's really all that I care about. That's what matters because well, if you traded for Carson Wentz and he's now not living up to the expectation of being the franchise guy, that's a problem. And I'm not saying he's like, he didn't just spit all over Carson Wentz and say he's not good, but he definitely made a statement saying Carson Wentz is not playing to the level of these other guys. He, he said that there's no taking that away. And if that's the case, then you start looking at who those guys are. And I'm sorry, it made it worse that it was Cooper Rush Daniel Jones, and the only one that gets an exception is maybe Jalen Hurts. But it wasn't like it was Mahomes, Brady, and Rodgers. It's Cooper Rush, Daniel Jones, and Jalen Hurts. And the first thing you're going to say is the quarterback position. That's on his mind. There's no denying that, that he is thinking about my quarterback play has not been good enough. I'm I'm not saying. What don't what I mean? How do you disagree with that? Like, no, because like, I'm not accurate in saying that that's been the difference. I, I, I hear that that has been the difference, but like, it's just, it bothers me the whole, like, what is happening right now in the outside world of how we're taking this Ron Rivera talk and thinking, okay, like, he went out and shredded Carson Wentz. He was asked a question about what he sees in the rest of the NFC East. And he talked about how, what what is making them so successful is the quarterback position. And then he was talking, about, and then he was talking about how, they went out and got Carson Wentz. They have their guy. Like he said that we have our guy in Carson but Wentz. No, but this, but he said, but everyone is ripping Ron Rivera for what he said about Carson Wentz when he even went out and said, "Okay, but we have our guy. Hey, we, we like Carson he, Wentz. He's been solid." He he took a shot at his quarterback, and he said it. He said it himself. He took a shot at his quarterback, and then he said, "But it's basically it was, hey, he's not playing well enough." But he's done some good things. We have our guy. We think we can move forward with him. It doesn't take away that he took a shot at him. When you're asked a question, what's the difference between I, I, just, I just don't see this big shot that everyone is losing their mind over. Team guys, if, if Vinny, if I said, "Hey, what's the difference between?" Um, and this might this is a little personal. This is our sex. What's the difference between uh, AJ and uh, Dylan? Or, a, or 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 our show, and you're like, AJ is the difference. Like that, it it it's going to affect how I'm viewed. It's going to affect how Dylan is viewed or you're viewed. Like no matter what, when you ask about somebody else, you're being compared to your team. Your team is one in four. So if I, and we all know this. This is a known thing. It's a fact. Your team is one in four. If I say, hey, why are those other teams so successful? What's the difference? And the first thing out of your mouth is the quarterback. Um, I'm sorry. It means your quarterback is not doing what he's supposed to be doing for your team. If that's the difference, if the only difference yeah. is the quarterback, how do you not take that as a shot? Now, I, I get what you're saying. Maybe it wasn't. It shouldn't be. I, I agree. It should not be this big thing where everybody's like, oh, my God, Ron Rivera, distant Carson Wentz, get him out of there. This is that's crazy. what it's been like. That, that's, that's what we have that's seen from point. everybody. The point, the, the point is still he did take a shot. And you, you know it's not just the media. This is the world we live in. Everything's blowing out of proportion. Everything. So when you're a coach and you know that and you choose to sit up there on a podium and say, 
what's the difference between the rest of, well the quarterback is and then you go on to try to clarify what you actually mean you have to know you have to know that you're going that that is either strategic tactical where he wants to get something in Carson Wentz's ear or he's just oblivious to what's going on in 2022 because that's the only way you know that's not going to turn into that when you take a shot and you say directly the quarterback he could have said anything. He could have said, yeah, you know, our, our, our run game is just not where it needs to be. Um, some of these other teams are being able to, he could have took the ownership himself saying, I'm not getting these guys up to where they need to be. He said the quarterback is the difference. That's a shot at Carson Wentz, no matter how you slice it. I just, I, I, I just went back to and listened to the original question and I still don't like it. I still don't like that. This is a shot at Carson Wentz. Because even the question he was, he deserves uh, to be shot at. Well, he does. He does. Too, too soon, Brian Robinson. Too soon. Oh, <laughs> you're terrible. You're terrible. Hey, man. But many men. That's that's what that's what we're ending on here. Okay, the, but either way, the Commanders fall to the 31 spot uh, in our power rankings. Uh, that was supposed to be briefly. These two are definitely going to be briefly. Uh, Texans rise up to 26. The Lions fall seven spots. Which one's the bigger deal to you? Um, I think the Texans are, man. I think the Texans are. I think that's a team that we look at and just look at the way they've played games. I know they haven't won very many. Finally got a win. But they're right there in every game. I don't think they've been blown out yet. Um, nope. Every game's been one-score game. It's been close. It's been, um, The Charger game got away from them towards the end, but they were even in that game. So uh, I, I, I think the Texans are doing what we thought they would do. They're young, they're aggressive, they're playing better, and it's all positive for the Houston Texans. Again, I don't care how many games they win this year. They are a team that's scrappy and they're going to fight, and they just lack some talent and experience. And I think as they continue to build, they will eventually get that. The cohesiveness of Lovey Smith's defense, you can see it. They're playing well. Um, and I think you give it some time, and that's an organization that's headed in the right direction. Very yeah. similar to the Lions a year ago. Um, less rah-rah, obviously, with Levy Smith, but yeah. you can see it's trending up, and it's not one of those teams that's like, oh, my God, this is a pitiful organization now, like they used to be. Yeah. Yeah, and on the Lions, it's almost more of we are who we thought they were. Like, it, we were all very excited about the offensive, their offensive output, and when their offensive output isn't there, they deserve to fall because they they got they didn't just lose. They, they got shut out, and they pride themselves no pun intended the lions pride themselves on the offense and well there was no offense uh in this past week they dropped seven spots let's go over to 17 through 24 featuring some this is uh probably we're getting to the nuts and bolts we're getting to the nitty-gritty of your power rankings here headlined by the denver broncos falling seven spots and the miami dolphins falling nine spots big time fallers here Gotta start off with the biggest faller in your power rankings here. It's the Miami Dolphins. They take that crown this week, falling nine spots out of once. I, I believe you had them at four uh, a couple weeks ago. Now they are now down to 17. The Tua injury obviously dropped them from four to where they were last week. Now they're down to 17, and it's much more than Tua, right? Um, I will tell you, it's a lot of, a lot of it is Tua and, and Teddy and, um, not really knowing what is going on at the quarterback position as the lawnmowers come through my back of my apartment <laughs> complex. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm just not sure what's going to happen with 
Tua and when he's going to come back. And then now is Teddy out for a while? I still don't know that is a Skylar Thompson. Um, and then you look at the way they've played defense. And now Xavier Howard's been out and Byron Jones and they haven't played very good defense to give up 40 points to the Jets. There's a lot of uncertainty around this organization now and around this team that there wasn't three weeks ago. And yes, that's how quick it can change from week three to week six. You could be three and zero and riding high. Everything's go clicking and going well. And then three weeks later, you could be like, oh, my God, what's going on? So um, this is a little bit of a um, I think that could eventually cost them some games. And I, I mentioned the stretch that they have to win um, there. This next stretch, they have to win some games. So that'll go a long way in determining where they ultimately land in a, in a month or so. But right now, I'm not very confident in the Miami Dolphins, the way they've been playing. Yeah, I mean, you said you said it on last week's show when we previewed the Jets-Dolphins game that we talked about how they have to win this game, even without Tua. But no matter what the quarterback situation is, your team has to be able to step up. And and it's it's almost like a big picture thing. They're not the worst team in the NFL. They're not bad. They're not a terrible football team. We have them, in the, or you have them at, 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 at 17 here. It's not like it's a terrible position, um, but it's just – Maybe they're not who we thought they were in terms of the big picture of the big playoff teams not being able to get the job done. These playoff teams, they, they, they do get the job done. Even when, when the injuries come, they find ways to win. Miami has yet to do that. Still a lot of football to be played, uh, but they do fall nine spots as their biggest faller in this week's power rankings at 17. Uh, the other big faller here that we have to talk about, it's the Denver Broncos, Aaron. This is a team that, again was there was a lot of hopes for with Russell Wilson coming in. Uh, they have not lived up to expectations. They are now at 24 in the power rankings. That's, that's borderline one spot away from the, from the, from the depths of the, and the bad tier of, of our power rankings, one spot away. What are you seeing from the Denver Broncos? Well, I, I do think one of the biggest losses was Javante Williams. Uh, I do think that hurts them. Uh, but the offense hasn't been right all year, and I think that's where where this comes into play. We talk about Russell Wilson and the struggles early in the season, and we had the Hall of Fame debate, and I've had some criticism for that, but I, I told people before the season he wasn't a Hall of Famer, so this is not new. It's not like I'm jumping on a bandwagon. Um, I thought he was always a good quarterback, but always a bit overrated in what he was as far as his greatness because of inflated numbers or, or whatever, just the status that we put on him. Um, I never really thought he was that, but he's always been a really good player. I still think he's a really good player. I still think he can have success in this league, but something isn't right on that offense. And um, I think with a good defense, Denver is going to be in games, but the difference is going to be that time management, those offensive plays in the red zone, uh, third downs that they haven't been able to show that they can be consistent at. And then you start to lose those one score games. You turn into the Minnesota Vikings of last year, you turn into the teams that can't win close games. And so, um, there is some concern, obviously, now that I haven't ranked at 24, but I'm going to keep them. I'm not going to buy into this, to the Denver Broncos until I see that offense, until I see the offense that I expected, the Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton explosive. Um, they're able to move the ball when they need to. The running game's working and Russell's on his game. If they win games, they might move up a spot too, but they will not be back in my top 14 as a playoff team unless I see that offense take some, take some significant strides over the next three to four weeks. Yeah, that's what it is. I mean, you're paying $250 million for Russell Wilson to come in and change his offense. We really haven't seen that much change, if any, 
compared to what and, I mean. And I, and I think that's a stretch. Like we say they paid him 250 million to change the offense. We paid I, I, I don't I, I hate that because that implies that he has to be Patrick Mahomes and throw 40 touchdowns. We we paid you pay Russell Wilson to win you a championship. That's it. It's the Dak Prescott argument. It's what I tell people. Who cares if you have to turn around and hand it 30 times? You pay the quarterback to make the plays when it matters. And when it matters is in the playoffs, in close games, the big time. I don't care if he throws for 215 yards. Like that's – it's – Ryan Tannehill could have earned his contract, and I would have said nothing if he makes the throws when it matters. Yeah. But that we, we get on those guys because they're making money – and they don't make the throws when it matters. Russell Wilson has had opportunities already this year to make throws when it mattered, and he didn't do it. And so $250 million gets you that. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, if they paid him $250 million, I would criticize it because I want to see him make the throw when it matters. Yeah. Baker Mayfield, those are the – that's the difference between the great quarterbacks that I'm okay paying and the quarterbacks that I'm not okay paying. Stafford, for a long time, was not able to do it, right, because he was in Detroit. They get, you know, you give him a big contract, big contract. You put a team around him. Now he doesn't have to do as much, but he made the throws when it mattered. And that's why it's okay to say, you know what? That's a franchise guy because that's all that matters. I don't care if he's one for 57. If that one is the game winning touchdown pass on fourth down with six seconds left, you did your job. Like, so I I, I just want to be careful. Keep people keep bringing up the money. And I'm like, so what? I'm bringing up. I'm bringing up the changes that you were expecting to see from Russell Wilson. And I mean, this offense in terms of scoring, it's even worse than they were last year with Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke and the company of quarterbacks uh, that, that followed. Like this is, this team is, is not as they backtracked for an offense. Like that's plain and simple. They have backtracked as an offense. And no matter what the dollar amount is that you paid Russell Wilson to come in here, you went out and it's not even the dollar amount that you paid to get to to for Russell Wilson to be here. It's the assets that you have now that you have given up to bring in Russell Wilson to, and, and it's a similar situation to what we talk about. And I'm not, we're let's not change the narrative here with the Denver Broncos. This is the same exact thing that the week we frowned upon it and talked about with the Washington commanders saying we're a quarterback away from being great. And I get it. The Denver Broncos very well could be a quarterback away from being great, but they didn't get at this point. They have not gotten the right quarterback to get them to that level because they have backtracked in terms of an offense. They've backtracked in terms of just about everything other than their defense. Like it's that, that's the thing. This is not, this has not been a good start for the Denver Broncos and they are worse than they were last year. And they gave up so much. Like you can look at the Carson Wentz thing. They didn't give up like a whole lot to get Carson Wentz. They gave up a few high draft picks, but compare yeah, that but to what they is Carson Wentz had never had success. But, Russell Wilson but has I, proven to have success. Yes, I, I, I'm aware of that. But when you look at the facts here, Russell Wilson has not been able to do that. So you've given, you have now given up so much. It, it, it is unacceptable for what the Denver Broncos offenses look like through what? the first five weeks. Why, why though? Why, why is it so hard to believe that it takes time for a new coach and new quarterback to get on the same page to an offense to actually change? I, like we, that's fine. Let, let me, but let me that's ask you this fine. If you want to give if you, if you want to say that, that, that I, I'm not saying that this can't be figured out with Russell Wilson and the thing no, I'm, I'm asking, I'm, I'm literally asking you this question because I don't, because 
I've been the mo- I've been very patient with the Broncos, and I, I did move them down, but I have been pretty patient through the first five weeks. I told you that. Like, I'm still not sold that this is the Broncos no, offense not. you're going to see seeing going forward. But so I'm asking you because you're one that has not, and many people have not. When in recent history have we seen a Super Bowl winning quarterback? You know, that's that's that frozen face you were had. You were like, um, when have we seen a Super Bowl winning quarterback move to a new team? With a in his prime, with a new head coach, it's never been. It, it, we've never seen it. We, I can't think of uh, one. Who, talking about like a new head coach is in a first year, first ever time head coach. Brett, it, it, I mean, it, either if, even if he's not a first year head guy, like just well, a I mean, new offense. It's a it, learning a new scheme, implementing a whole new process. When have we seen that? A, a headstrong quarterback that's been in an offense for so long. An offensive-minded coach who's had an offensive plan for so long have to merge together and actually make it work. I, I don't mean, think fans really realize how hard that is. I, I don't. I, and and we could we could argue till the cows come home about it, but football is. very much defenses the same way who have experience and are very i don't say egotistical but have egos on how things should go sometimes that takes time um even when you brought in matt lafleur to aaron Rodgers, that offense did not look great they were winning games but that offense did not look great they had to figure it out aaron Rodgers wasn't happy matt lafleur wasn't happy they had to figure it out and that was already aaron Rodgers staying on that team now you pull russell wilson and you pull nathaniel hackett and you have to put them together. I I still cannot name one quarterback in his prime that has shifted teams and had to start all over. Like I've been the biggest, I'm telling everybody, I sent out five videos about Russell Wilson, but I do have to look at that and give him some benefit of the doubt. We sit here and we harp on quarterbacks that come in and have to change offensive coordinators year after year after year. And we give them excuses because they're not very good or they're young or whatever. But now you have a guy who's old, and we all work with this person, who's older, who's set in their ways, who has learned a system. And now all of a sudden, the company comes in and says, here's a new system, learn it. I deal with it every day at work, and the, the most skilled people still have trouble making that, that shift and learning it and figuring it out. And I think through five games, I think we, we have to at least recognize that that could be something that they're dealing with. And by the way, it's not like they haven't won any games. Like they're still finding a way to win a couple of games to at least go through the season until they figure it out. Now, if this conversation might be irrelevant in five weeks if they continue could to be. lose. But it also could be five weeks from now, we could be like, it's clicked. There it is. Now they've got it. That's the Russell we expected. Or, or, or I could be completely wrong. I just still think we are a week-to-week league and we yeah. react so quickly that after five weeks, five weeks is really not that long. Five games is really not that much when you're trying to implement something completely new. I, I could think, I, obviously, the Tom Brady name comes up as a, as a player who's been able to, to change teams, new offense, new everything, and come in and be fine. Uh, but I, I, did, I did look up and want, wanted to compare it to Phillip Rivers when he went over to the Indianapolis Colts the first five weeks of his season. Yeah, but he wasn't in his prime. I mean, Russell Wilson uh, is Russell Wilson in his. Pr- let's let's be honest here. Russell Wilson's not in his prime. That, what do you mean Russell he's not in his prime? Like, he's thirty-two. 30- he's like he's thirty-five years old. 
He's Russell injured. 34, he's 34. He's turned 34 this year. Oh, maybe 34 he's this year. than I thought. Yeah, he's th- he's 34 this year. I mean, oh, I, I, I can't. I, I will not let you say that Russell Wilson is in his prime. No, no oh. quarter, no player at the third. Other than Tom Brady, who has 25 no, 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 different no, no, no. prime well, I argue that the quarterback prime is not your running back wide receiver prime. Your wide receiver prime is to 30. Your quarterback prime is probably from 28 to 35. is your that's ever been thrown at you you look at quarterbacks when they're putting up elite numbers go and i, I guarantee i think it's probably i think to 27 to 28 season to 35 years old i think to determine someone's prime is in my opinion is on a case-by-case basis to determine what like you can generalize okay someone's prime should be this from here to here but like when you look at an overall career you would say okay this was his prime this was let me, his let me prime ask you era. this question let me ask you this question and, and you, this can go to any quarterback who's younger than 26, 27 years old right now. Patrick Mahomes at 30, is he not going to be a better quarterback at age 30 than he is right now? Is he not better now than he was two years ago, even when he throws 50 touchdowns and all that stuff? Is he not a better player, a better quarterback? Well, we're, not, we're not talking about 30. We're talking about 34. 33. 33. 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30. This season, he'll be 34. But he's in a, 33 in right now, 34. correct? 34. In a is month, he not 33 34. Right but yes. is he 33 right now? So let's talk about what he is and then talk about those quarterbacks at 30, at 32, at 33. Those are better players at the quarterback position because they're more experienced. Matt Stafford was better last year than he was five years ago or when he first came out when he had gunslinging mentality because they were experienced. That The quarterback position is not the running back position. It's not the, the wide receiver position. It's not well, a even, tight end or a D Even line. if we're considering... Even if we're considering the name I brought up and Philip Rivers saying, "Okay, Philip Rivers was not in his prime; that was at the tail end of his career," the numbers are are very are very similar to to Russell Wilson's, with a little bit more wins coming from or one more win coming from from the Indianapolis Colts in the Philip Rivers era, and uh, more success in the in the red zone, I should say, uh, as well coming from that Colts team that was led by Philip Rivers. Did you? Uh, look, is that through five games? Through five games. Yep. Okay. Through I, was, five I games. just wasn't sure if you kind yeah, of. Yeah, I, 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 I did it right. So to compare the two, uh, Russell Wilson, four touchdowns, four, four touchdowns, uh, and three interceptions to start the year for Russell Wilson through five games. Uh, Philip Rivers went his first year with Indianapolis, four touchdowns, five interceptions, but the efficiency was there with, with Philip Rivers in a 70% completion percentage, uh, a 70% completion. And Russell Wilson, obviously, this year has not been the most efficient quarterback. Uh, well, with I, his- see, I, 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 we, we can move on. I know we need to move on. But I would argue Philip Rivers was not throwing the ball deep like Russell Wilson does. Russell Wilson goes – I mean, and we talked about Russell Wilson hasn't been throwing the ball deep as much. It's been a lot of average depth of targets down, average depth of whatever you said, receptions down. I don't think this is Russell Wilson's game. We talked about this. He is going from a, a deep-throwing football team to a – Hey, we're doing things different. It's Aaron Rodgers style would, offense. It's quick, quick passing, things like that. Would you be able to determine that by yards per attempt? Would you be able to determine that by yards? We talked about this. Remember, yards per attempt was, was all down for Russell Wilson. No, no, but what I'm saying though, like you're comparing Philip Rivers to saying like it's it's like almost the same thing. Well, both of them have but, a very similar yards per attempt. Is what I'm, yes, is what because, I'm getting. But at. what I'm saying is Philip Rivers came from an offense that was used to Okay, so you're talking about the use. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. You broke up, but that's that's fine. We can move on now. Damn my internet. (laughs) But no, basically, I was saying 
that Phillip Rivers came from an offense that was already used to doing that, checking the ball down the backs, Danny Woodhead, uh, you know, LT, Darren Sproles, all that stuff that Phillip Rivers came from. He was used to that short passing game. In Seattle, it was run, 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 take shots, run, 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 take shots. And that's what Russell Wilson's game is. He's not used to this, get it out, throw the ball, get it out, throw the ball. And I think, again, it's going to take an adjustment for him. And maybe he's not built for that. But I do think we need to give it a little bit more time before we just completely all out on what the Denver Broncos are trying to do. And maybe it's the coach. Who knows? Maybe, maybe, maybe this is a, I, I just, I'm trying to find similar. I'm trying to differentiate between the Indianapolis Colts and the Denver Broncos here. Uh, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Both of them are in the same situation with quarterbacks, not performing well, coaches, not performing well. Um, very similar teams. We saw them on Thursday night. Um, this week though, your power rankings back to it. Denver Broncos obviously fall seven spots. Uh, let's we talked we've talked bad about a lot of teams. I, I, I want to talk about the Dolphins in a second, uh, but I want to talk. Let's, let's talk Jets. Let's talk them moving up five spots here. Let's talk about the Jets moving up five spots briefly. What have you seen from the New York Jets that stood out to you? Yeah, they, I think they have an identity. I think they want to build their team on defense and through the running game. And um, whether the running game is involving Brees Hall and, and Michael Carter in the short passing game or or getting them out in space is, is something that um, they've bought into. They're giving them a ton of touches and they're running directly through them. And, you know, it's funny that everybody's talking now, like Zach Wilson's a wide receiver killer. Like, you know, that's, that may be true. Maybe they don't, maybe they're, maybe they're not going to have a wide receiver. That's really great uh, because of the way Zach Wilson's playing, but Zach Wilson's not turning the football over. And that's important. We talk, we get on him last year for turning the football over. And then when you don't turn the football over, you talk about how, Oh man, you're mad because the wide receivers aren't getting involved pick your pick pick what you want man stay do you want them to win or not so um i think they know what they want to do they want to build it very similar to the way Salah had saw what was going on with the 49ers and that's running game get your guys that can can handle the ball after the catch in space and um and play solid defense and i think that, that they've done that and uh i think they're only going to continue to get better with their young talented team yeah a lot of young jet- talent yeah, a lot of young talent. A lot of young talent. We're seeing them. A lot of them step up here uh, in in Sauce Gardner, Brees Hall, Garrett Wilson, uh, Zach Wilson. I mean, this is even the veterans on this team are young talent. So it's that's kind of where we're at with the Jets. Uh, they move up five spots here in this week's power rankings. So shout out the New York Jets. Uh, but let's let's talk about their AFC East rival here, the Miami Dolphins. Your biggest faller in this week's power ranking. Did we talk about them already? I, I, yes, we did. Okay, Jesus Christ. That's that's where we're at here. Denver Broncos, big fall. Dolphins, big fall. Jets, big rise. Raiders at 19. Browns at 20. Falcons. Hey, hey, Falcons fans. 23 or 21. Moving up three spots. You guys are keep you keep rising. Keep doing what you're doing. Nine through 16 time. This is again the nitty-gritty. Both the, these two sections are probably the 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 biggest content that we're giving out for here. Uh, the Jaguars fall three spots to 16. Cardinals moving up. The Rams, the same old Rams. The Titans, eight spots to 13. The Giants, the biggest riser in this week's power rankings at uh, number 12. Bengals, same old, same old. Packers fall seven. Chargers move up three. Lots to talk about within this group, Aaron. Let's start off from lowest to highest let's talk titans they move up eight spots to 13 this was a team that uh we were down on in pre in previous weeks they're finding ways to win new ways to win what are you seeing from them that makes you think they're the 13th best team uh in the nfl 
Well, I would calm down on new ways to win. I think it's the same old way that they won uh, for the past five years, and that's Derrick Henry. That's exactly what I get from the Tennessee Titans. And um, I made a point, and I made a statement by putting them where I did at the beginning of the season because we talked about where I have them. And I, I still have them there. I still think the Titans are a good regular season team, and I told you they'd win the games. I have them 9-8. and eight. Like, that's going to probably win that division. I mean, honestly, it's, it's, I doubt to any team in that division gets to double-digit wins. Um, if they do, it probably would be the Titans at like a 10-7 and seven or something. Um, so there's no surprise here that the Titans are winning regular season football games. But that's what they are. They're a regular season football team because of Derrick Henry. And I'm looking for them to be more dynamic and do something different than they've officially done. Like, they, this is what they always do. Um, so, yeah, they beat – the commanders and they beat some, some teams that they should beat. I, I, I'm not impressed. I, I will say that, but in the NFL wins matter. And so I am going to respect the fact that they are getting these wins, whether I believe in them or not. Um, they have won three in a row. Now they're, they're, they're starting to play the football that they want to play, which is be physical in the trenches, give the ball to Derrick Henry. And that's the Tennessee Titan way. And Good for them. They'll they'll win a lot more regular season games and they'll might move up into my top 10 eventually if they continue to win because record does matter. You have to be in the playoffs in order to be a playoff team, right? I can't say, hey, this team will be good in the playoffs, a la the Raiders or somebody, and they don't get there. Like that that's, defeats the purpose. So you do have to win regular season games. The Titans do that. And um, they deserve to move up. They deserve to get jump all those teams that have been very inconsistent over the last three weeks or up and down. Titans have been consistent over the last three weeks. They continue to to play their their style of football, so they deserve to be ahead of those guys. Yeah, I, I know you said that like it's not really anything new, but you know how high I've been on on the usage of uh, of the running backs in this offense, not just being the ground and pound uh, run it twenty run it thirty times a game and then end up trying to win, and that's how they they've done it in the past. I've liked what I've seen from the Tennessee Titans offense. Uh, find, they are finding ways to win. They're finding ways to be productive. Uh, it's funny, though. I can't – when I was trying to do, like, the, the graphic here for, for what the Titans – specifically, like, where they rank in the NFL, nothing stands out where they, they're ranked. They're very, they're very average to below that's average. that's what they are. And, and, but, that, but the thing is, is they're finding ways to win, and that's why they've moved up eight spots uh, to where they are. And I mean, like you said, they're they're a playoff team right now, and that they they belong where they're ranked at 13. Another team that moved up big time is New York Giants. They're our biggest riser in the power rankings this week. Aaron, this is a team that coming off of a win in London against the Green Bay Packers, they've uh, they're another team that has been finding ways to win. They've got a dog mentality with Brian Dayball. Uh, what is so special about the New York Giants, and are you slowly starting to believe? and what they're doing uh, in, in New York? Um, I've believed in what they were doing in New York for, for years now, to be honest. It's, it's crazy because if you actually look back to some of the stuff from last year, I was big on this defense under Patrick Graham, and I said the problem was Daniel Jones. And with the signing of Brian Dable, I, I believe I made this statement, and I haven't had a chance to go back and look, but I talked about what I thought this Giants team could be if, if Brian Dable could come in there and fix Daniel Jones. And the one thing I'll talk, I'll, I'll talk, I'll give credit to Brian Dable is because I'm not going to give him credit for that defense. They were already good. They just needed the offense to do something. Jason Garrett wasn't it. Um, I believe he has Daniel Jones confident. And 
if anything, if the talent is not there, the ability is not able to get to where Josh Allen or where some of these guys are at as a franchise guy, he definitely has him believing and he's tough. He's, he's playing within himself. He's not turning the football over. He's using his legs. And I think that can be attributed to what Brian Dable is preaching to him. And therefore the giants have been winning because when Daniel Jones doesn't turn the football over, we mentioned it earlier, turnovers are a huge factor between winning and losing in this league. And he's allowing Saquon Barkley in the running game to get going. And he's healthy this year. Um, they're doing it without receivers. They don't even have receivers right now. And I thought that was actually one of their strongest position groups in my mind, from a talent perspective coming into the year. Like when you look at the names of who they had, yeah, maybe they've been underperforming for the past couple of seasons, but Sterling Shepard's a very good player. Kenny Galladay was a good player in Detroit. Darius Slayton has had moments in, with New York. I loved Wondell Robinson coming out of there, and they haven't had any of those guys, basically disappearing acts from all of them. So um, I, I'm, I've been impressed with what the Giants have done, and they deserve to move up 10 spots because they, they, they play tough football, and they've beaten teams that they shouldn't have technically beaten. Nobody had them beating the Titans week one. Nobody had them beating the Packers. So it's not like that you can look at their schedule and you can just say, oh, the Giants aren't playing anybody. Well, they are playing people. They're playing teams that most people had in the playoffs and or winning a division. And guess what? They beat them. So, um, you know, the loss to the Dallas is the loss to Dallas. Dallas always beats them. It's nothing, nothing new. But outside of that, they, they've played well against two tough teams and won late games. They've won close games. Every game is going to be close because of that defense. But, yes, you have to be impressed. Yeah, and their record shows it. And, again, we, we, we need to talk one of these days about what whose record truly means, what they what it says they are. But, I mean, the Giants are 4-1 and one right now. Um, and they're, You they're are what you good. are, man. Like, I can, I can hate on it. I, I may hate on it. I might say something about it, like, oh, that's a, a fake. It's not real. But at the end of the day, the NFL, you are what you are. That, that's the league. The, the league is, hey – did you win or did you lose? And it doesn't matter how you got it done or is your four and one real four and one, not real. But at the end of the day, you only play who's in front of you and the giants have an easy schedule this year. So do the Eagles. So do the Cowboys. So do the Washington commanders. Well, three of those teams are winning those games and one is not. So like, that tells you what kind of teams those are. If you're winning the games you're supposed to win, then you're, then it's legit. Um, Maybe you don't have the toughest test. And when we get to the playoffs, that's something we can point to and say, hey, you haven't had the hardest road, so it's going to be tougher, a la the Dallas Cowboys or the Eagles. But they're 4-1, and and uh, they're winning games. So uh, kudos yeah. to them. Yeah. And the team they beat on Sunday in the Green Bay Packers, they fall out of the top 10. They fall very far, uh, seven spots. Or they fall out of the top five. We had them at three last week. They now sit at number 10 on your power rankings here. They lost, obviously, in London to the, those Giants that we just talked about. Uh, is it – obviously, you're not firing the alarms. You're not sounding any panic alarms for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, but there's obviously concern there. You put them at 10. Uh, what went into your – what went into that that move? Yeah, I, they just – they haven't looked good offensively. And um, you can't lose to a team like the Giants after getting up to a lead like we, we we watched that game and we we were at halftime we were doing our show and we're like yeah you know green bay running you know gonna do what they do like we we expected green bay to win and in the second half it, they fell apart they scored two points so um it's not the first time that they've looked like that they look like that against minnesota um and even at times against the patriots so or against the buccaneers sorry uh, the patriots they actually played really well offensively but um offensively against the buccaneers they look like that so 
Uh, you have to have a little bit of concern, but as I do with most teams that have been in NFC Championship games, AFC Championship games, I'm not panicking. They dropped seven spots. Yes, it looks like a large drop, but a lot of that has to do with the teams that moved up that have played really well, and I'm giving respect to them because at the end of the day, when Green Bay plays any team in the league, any team, any team, and that includes the Buffalo Bills, that includes the Kansas City Chiefs, they have a chance to win. They have a chance to win that football game um, with number 12 under center. So despite what we feel about them, they, they dropped because of, again, some other things going on around the league, and then they had a poor performance. That's fair, and like you said, that's the biggest thing they have. They have the they have the Aaron Rodgers. They have the quarterback that they they have the quarterback that's going to be able to keep them uh, where they are. Uh, But the Green Bay Packers do fall from three to number ten. Let's get into your top eight teams. Let's see if there's any change at the top. Is there? Is there? Is there? That was my that was my bad drum roll here. Nope, yeah. no change whatsoever. The Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs stay at top at the top at one and two. Uh, but there is some movement within everywhere else. The Baltimore Ravens now take the spot of the Green Bay Packers at number three. They are now number three. Uh, the Bucks fall one spot. The Cowboys are now the, the Cowboys and the Vikings both enter the top eight. Cowboys at six, Vikings at eight. The Niners move up to five, and again the Bucks at seven. Aaron, which team as a whole stood out to you that made you think, okay, this team has to be in the top eight. This team deserves it. Um, which team? Wait, which team is that? Before I want to before I answer that, I do want to go to a different spot here, um, and I want to talk about. Oh no, bring that leave that back up. I need to see the number. Oh, I want to talk about four through eight as a whole. Um, before the season, all we could talk about was how good the AFC was. Right, because everybody made moves. The Bengals, the Chargers, uh, the Raiders, the Broncos—like all the the Colts. Like we all we could talk about. Oh my God, the AFC is a gauntlet. The NFC is so weak. The NFC is so weak. And so this four through eight is interesting because I don't know—is this because the NFC is so weak, or is this because we underestimated how good some of these teams are in the NFC? And I get it. The top three teams I have there, AFC teams, those are the best teams in the league. But Four through eight, and I, you know, I forgot already what's nine and ten or but four through eight. Packers are right there at 10, Giants at 12. Where are all the AFC teams? Where's all the gauntlet of the in AFC? The They're in the middle. So all the offseason hype, all the oh my god, this AFC is crazy. They're just arms race, they're they're building, they're grabbing players. We're five weeks in, and, and we're like, what happened to all of that? We've already forgotten how tough the AFC West is supposed to be. We've already forgotten the offensive line that the Bengals went and got. The Browns getting Deshaun Watson. The Steelers, I don't know, do nothing. But um, the Colts, the Dolphins, the Jets making all those moves. Like New England, everybody just loved them So because they had Mac, Mac 10. Uh, <laughs> I, I find it funny after five weeks, it's the Vikings, it's the Cowboys, it's the Niners. It's, um, you know, those people that are now sitting in our top top eight. So um, I don't know why I'm getting a call from somebody, but anyways, uh, that I just thought that was interesting. So shout out to the NFC for repping, uh, repping out. Cause I think many people thought it was just going to be the bucks and the Rams and the Packers. And that was it. So, and the Rams and the Packers aren't even on this list. Yeah. So, but the, the one team I thought, I, you know, I could talk about the Niners and the Cowboys and the defenses and all that stuff. I, I'm going to give some love to the Vikings, man. I, 
they're winning. Uh, it's very similar to what you had mentioned before, the one-score games. They're finding ways to get it done. And the NFL, despite who you play, despite how strong I think that schedule is, they're they're finding ways to win games. And even if it's late and it's, you know, uns, you know things like this um, that you think are maybe fluky or it doesn't matter. They, they're finding ways to win games. And in the NFL, that's important to get as many wins as you can. They obviously believe. Now, I'm not sold that that offense is what everybody thought it was going to be. And I don't believe uh, – I heard Colin Cowherd talking about, oh, when you get an offensive-minded coach, you win those one-score games. No, I don't buy that. I don't buy that at all um, because their offense has not looked very special. As a matter of fact, it's looked very one-dimensional at times. When Justin Jefferson doesn't play well, they can't do anything. So um, – and we talked about – that's very similar to the Rams. The difference is this O-line's been better. Uh, and, and, and their defense has been – situationally they've been okay they've been able to make plays when they needed to and that's been important so uh kudos to the vikings i believe they deserve to jump up um still a little asterisk next to them and the eagles and dallas to be honest um because i i need to need to see it still a little bit longer i'm one that i like a resume i like to see it throughout time is this the first time the eagles have ever won five in a row or been on a hot streak or beat some bad teams or the cowboys have Everybody loves the Cooper Rush thing, but Dax Prescott's done this before, won games and had a good record, and it didn't really mean anything. So um, I have I refuse the right to to change these at any time. It's fluid, as we say. Um, but as of right now, the Minnesota Vikings deserve to be in that topic. I I, I like that, and I have been big on the finding ways to win part. I know that they're not pretty wins, and I know it was just against the Bears. Uh, the and, and the Bears and the Lions really are two of their wins. It's not been flashy. It's not been great, but they are finding ways to win, and the talent is there uh, for, for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, to, your, to, your, uh, to your note uh, about the Eagles, this is their third 5-0 start in franchise history. Just to, just to let you know. Third 5-0 start in franchise history. Uh, but yeah, the Vikings are at 8. The Bucks fall one spot. Really, that's more so because of the Cowboys and what they have done. Uh, the Niners. The, the Niners might be the most bleh team. And it's not like a... a Why do you like, say that? Why do no, you hate I'm, on the Niners? I'm not hating on the Niners. But like... You do. When, you are. When you look at the rest of these teams that are in here, there's something that like really jumps out. But I guess the Niners is their defense that stands out. It's the same thing as what the Cowboys stand out. Maybe I'm just talk, talking on my ass here with, with the Niners. They fall, though, uh, at the number five spot. Is there any other team that you want to discuss here uh, within the top eight that deserves a, a little love or a little hate? Um, no, I think uh, I think it's pretty self-explanatory, man. These teams have all been playing well. Outside of Tampa Bay, they've all been playing well. And Tampa Bay is just... Yeah, Tampa Bay's got the goat, man. I'm never, I'm not, but the Tampa Bay probably doesn't move out of my top eight all season. Doesn't matter what happens, unless they like lose games. Like it doesn't matter how they look. Like the Packers can fall by how they look. Um, Tampa Bay, I look at them, I'm like, I don't buy that they're this bad. I don't buy. I'm not going to be on the Brady as too old no, train. I, I'll, I'll be. Their season doesn't start until the playoffs. Okay, they're yeah. the Bucks, and they play Bucks. in a shit division. So like by default, they're going to win that division. Like the Saints aren't good, the the Panthers and Falcons aren't good. Like they're going to win that division by by default, which means they're in the playoffs. And so I don't care until they get the playoffs. Yeah, their season does not start until then. Uh, but there is our power ranking. Some of our biggest fallers uh, include the Miami Dolphins falling ten spots, or falling nine spots, I should say. The Denver Broncos falling seven spots. The Lions and Commanders falling as well. 
Our biggest risers include the Cowboys, three spots, the Giants, 10 spots, the Jets, the Texans, all rising. Uh, there is our week six NFL power rankings. Bada bing, bada boom. Commanders, you suck. Bears, you suck. That's how it's done. I want to do something really quick because I, I do want to address a couple of the questions that Bailey and, and Tyler had because I think they are important, but I'm going to go through it really quickly. Yeah. Um, he talks about building around their team. I'm sorry, when you go get the quarterback and that's the quarterback you feel you're one piece away from, it means you've already built for that quarterback. It means you already had set the offensive line set. You already had the defense ready. You already had the running game you thought would work and the wide receivers, and none of it's come to fruition. So I don't buy that excuse. Um, he's been de hit, a.k.a. shit. Um, <laughs> and no, Bailey, not Brett Favre. Brett Favre was 39 years old when he went to the Vikings. So – you should have fact-checked that one. Uh, you did mention the Cowboys <laughs> were flexed one time in 2020. They were. Um, they were flexed. That that was the first time ever that the Dallas Cowboys, first and only time ever the Dallas Cowboys were flexed out of Sunday Night Football was in 2020 uh, since they implemented in twenty or 2006. So you didn't actually address any of the comments regarding where certain teams were on the power. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, um, no, no, I just said, well, oh, oh, I didn't see this one. I didn't see these ones. Uh, why did the Jags fall? Um, because other teams deserve to be up there. They lost to the Texans. They lost to they a, scored. A, they scored what six points? Six points, Texans? and they lost to a team that we have ranked in the twenty-four. I, I get it was a division game, but we expected them to be better. Vikings top eight, almost damn near blew it. Yeah, almost doesn't count unless it's horseshoes and hand grenades. Um, do we have a Chicago Washington preview? <laughs> yes, we do right now. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Let's get into our Thursday night preview. It's the Washington Commanders taking on the Chicago Bears. Uh, we have been tr- we've been tortured through a lot of shitty primetime games this season, and it's not going to get any better this week as the Commanders take on the Bears. What a, what a, what a start to the video though! When you clip this, Bears fans, Commanders fans are going to be watching and then hear me just say what I just said about their two teams. Uh, it's not going to be a great game. The over-under is a low 37 and a half points. It's even because no one can predict which team can actually win this game. Uh, I guess it's a shot at the Bears. Not, not a shot at the Bears. It's them being a little bit down on the Bears because you automatically get the three points for being at home or whatever you say it is. Uh, it's a very even game, though. Bears, Commanders, 31st, 32nd team in our power rankings here. Uh, little, little travel back in time uh, through history here. We'll, we'll try. Let's 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 hop in the time machine. You okay over there? Are you yawning? I just like you... how you put. I was like how you put even on the sheet. That's just funny to me. Why, why is that funny? Oh, and you froze right when you said it. Never mind. Never mind. Uh, while you while you come back to life in freeze mode, uh, I will bring up the history here. Ron Rivera was a former Super Bowl champion with Chicago Bears back in 1985 and helped the Bears get to their most recent Super Bowl as their defensive coordinator. Uh, To talk about the game, though, the Bears offense allowing the second-highest pressure rate in the NFL, and the commanders are pressuring the quarterback the sixth-highest in the NFL. This is going to be a game where Justin Fields is going to feel the heat. What do you expect to see from him this week against the Commanders on prime time? <sighs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go watch high school football. I'm gonna go to a, a high school football game, as as in Thursday and, night football. 
Yeah, and, and, and it's even worse that the high school football game I'm going to watch includes a one in five team who's not very good. But I'd rather watch that than watch this. Um, I don't know what to expect, but I have a I have a feeling, and I like I said, I really don't have much on this game, Vinny. I'm gonna be honest; these are two bad football teams. They're gonna fight for the worst teams in the league. But I have a feeling. Justin Fields is going to play a great football game. I think this is going to be the Justin Fields show. I think they are going to let him loose. I think it's going to be the first time this season that we see Justin Fields, quote, potential this season. We saw some of it last season. I think this is going to be uh, the potential. There was a, I don't know if Trent Dilfer was on a show and he talked about Justin Fields and he's like, man, I don't know what it is about Chicago but they are not doing it justice. Like I want, he, and he's an ex quarterback, but he's a really good analyst. Like he breaks down tape with some of the best of them and he understands the position. He talked about how great just, he thinks Justin Fields is and how great he thinks Justin Fields can be, but he does, he can't explain why it's not coming to fruition in Chicago. And, and he, he's, he's talked about, and he's like some of the throws he makes and some of the reads and abilities. And he's like everything. I just think this guy is super talented and is going to be a great quarterback in this league. But something, and nobody can put their finger on it. Yeah. Something is not clicking. Something yeah. is not working well, on that in that organization. And I think tomorrow night we see the first time this year that it looks and you go, that's why they traded up. That's why they drafted him. That's the guy. Yeah. I just have a feeling. Well, we've talked about that all season. We're trying to figure out what it is, exactly is with, that's wrong with the Chicago Bears offense. And can't, can't, I, I, I really do think a lot of it has to do with just, we saw it last year with the Jacksonville Jaguars last year, you surrounded Trevor Lawrence with special teamers as his weapons. Other than Marvin Jones, he was throwing to guys like Laquan Treadwell, Jamal Agnew. No, and no, it's no disrespect to those guys, but well, I mean, it is disrespectful to Laquan Treadwell. It's not, but they're all special teamers. Laquan Treadwell is not a special teamer. Tavon Austin. He's not a good player. (laughs) Well, but that's what I'm saying. They're all they're all special. Te- they're all somehow on special teams because they're they're just surviving in this league, but they're not doing anything really to to do to contribute to the team other than like being a gunner or returning kicks at times. And like that's what you're. That is what you're. That 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 is what that is what's happening in Chicago here. That's what they have around Justin Fields. It's just a bunch of guys that are special teamers. Velas Jones. What was the guy that made that terrible? <laughs> I know they're not. I know they're not special teams. But you keep but, calling them that. But they. But they should be. Any other team, you put Velas Jones on the New England Patriots. He's a he wouldn't be team. on the team. That's the difference. That, listen, I get what you're saying. You're and you're 100 right. I want to ask you something. Oh boy, do you think this is more about the talent around him? Because I, I start to think like, okay, Darnell Mooney's not a bad player. Cole Komet's not a bad player. David Montgomery's not a bad player. You have three weapons you can at least rely on. You should. Yeah. Yeah. I think the biggest miss, I think the biggest thing that hasn't happened is they have not provided him a a leader figure to develop him. And and you mentioned up the Jacksonville Jaguars. We talked about Trevor Lawrence and what Doug Peterson means to Trevor Lawrence and his development going forward. Do you think it was a disservice to bring in Matt Eberflus, despite whether we think he's going to be a good coach in this league or not, instead of going, you know what, if we do bring in Eberflus, we need to bring in the greatest offensive coordinator, passing game coordinator that we can find to develop Justin Fields. I know that that's a very fair point too. Like when, as you started to say that, I was like, Oh, I know where he's going here. And I think you're right. I think that it is, it is, it is not a knock on Eberflus at all. It's just with a young quarterback like that, you may, I mean, 
everyone loves to talk. Everyone loves, and it sometimes drives me bananas. We talk about like backup quarterbacks in the NFL, rookie backup quarterbacks, and the, everyone always, always uses that damn excuse of, oh, Patrick Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith for a year. That's what you need to do for your 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 rookie quarterbacks. Let them sit and learn, and then they're going to be Patrick Mahomes in the next second year. No one mentions the fact that it's Andy Reid as his coach. And that's yeah, a big Eric difference. Or oh, yeah, or Eric Bieniemy. That's like how that is. Like it's no one talks about that. It's always like, oh, he sat behind Alex Smith for a year. He was able to learn. The coaching goes such a long way. That's what should be brought up. The fact that that Patrick Mahomes uh, was 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 gifted Andy Reid as his as his coach. And it's not to say that Patrick Mahomes isn't talented. He's he's well, he's Patrick. Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes would not be but, Patrick Mahomes today if Andy Reid did not draft him. I, I, and, and, and that's and that is where to your to your question about Justin Fields and if it was a disservice to to him to have Matt Eberflus, not a shot at Matt Eberflus whatsoever. But I do think that there is a a big a big difference between bringing in a rookie head coach for for a rookie quarterback and bringing in an experienced head coach. Uh, and I've I've seen it firsthand for 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 the Jacksonville Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence. I've seen the improvements in his game. Although he only scored six points against Houston Texans this week, still made some mistakes. He's still a much more efficient quarterback and a much more mature quarterback this year uh, than what he was under Urban Meyer, first year head coach in the NFL. Like it's a big difference. So I I, I do think that that you're that you're that you nail it right there with with Matt Eberflus and maybe being a disservice for uh, Justin Fields. They've got a tall task though against a, a defense that's been good or that's been pressuring the quarterback, getting after the quarterback uh, in Washington. Let's talk. Let's talk Commanders before we close it out, though, because I wanted to bring up the fact that I have something for the Commanders. That since the first week against Jacksonville, they obviously won that game. They have been not been good. Points per game is down. Third down percentage is down. They have not. This offense has not been productive. Whether you want to point the finger at Ron Rivera, whether you want to point the finger at Carson Wentz, it has not looked good in this game or in this season for for the Commanders. Uh, is this Maybe could this be a get right game for this commander's offense? Or you think it's going to be same old, same old Carson Wentz week two through five commanders. I don't know why it would be any different. The bears defense is not bad. The bears defense. So the Vikings offense for the majority of that game. Um, I, I don't know why that would be any different. I, I think that this is going to be a very similar similar style game. Um, it's going to be low scoring. Probably Washington can get to 20 points and they'd have a good chance to win because the bears might not get there, but um, no, I, I don't, I don't think Washington's offense is good. I think their running game is very suspect. I think um, that includes Antonio Gibson and that includes Brian Robinson. I don't think he gets better with Brian Robinson. I think he's a guy that's going to be reliant on. No. I've been telling you guys this all year. Like no. everybody, everybody's waiting for no. Brian Robinson. Like he was some, top pick or something i, I don't I get wrong. it like I, I brian robinson's gonna come in and he's gonna get 12 carries for 58 yards if he's the guy and you're gonna be like oh shit what was i excited about if he falls into the end zone great he's a fantasy asset if he doesn't then you're just mad at yourself for thinking he was gonna be something <laughs> special he's not like he's not going to come into this washington team and change the offensive front and change the the offensive line uh push that they're not getting antonio gibson is a dynamic player if antonio G gibson is not getting holes to run holes to run through what makes you think 
chunky butt Brian Robinson's going to get hey, those man. holes or make guys miss. Hey, man. Antonio Gibson's a far more elusive than Brian Robinson. So, uh, yeah, maybe can he come in and pound the rock at the goal line and get in the end zone a few times? Sure, but it's not like they're scoring a lot. So um, they're just not a good football team. They're not good. And, no, That's I don't think much changes on, on Thursday. I think the Bears will be able to play some defense, and it'll be a low-scoring game. And what is that score? That final score will be the Bears 23 and the Washington Commanders 20. I don't even see that many points being scored. This game is going to be a 19 to 12 game. And I give it to, uh, I get, I give it to the bears. I'm going to go bears here. 19, 14 bears book it done deal. That's our Thursday night preview. Uh, reminder, everybody tomorrow we'll be doing our DFS plays for this game, which should be, ugly. <laughs> which should be I'm starting ugly. all, I'm starting the water Ooh. boy and, uh, um, oh. My goodness, this is good going luck, to be good rough. luck finding good luck finding players. It's a we good thing it's not DFS. a draft, huh? Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that would be brutal. Uh, but we do have to have a DFS place for tomorrow in this Thursday night matchup, so stay tuned for that. Uh, we will also be previewing our NFC home team games, uh, which includes the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Dallas Cowboys. We'll have that preview and all the rest of the previews in the coming days, Thursday and Friday, live at 10 a.m. Eastern time, right here on youtube don't forget to follow us like us subscribe us at sack city pod on facebook twitter instagram youtube and that tickety talk we are there at sack city pod share like uh subscribe uh tell your friends all that good stuff we'll be back again live tomorrow 10 a.m eastern time for my best friend aaron mukes i and me we'll see you tomorrow peace out